The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Man, football is awesome. Byron Murphy down the sideline for the win. What a way to end the 4 o'clock slate and most of the slate for week two. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Heath Cummings going over winners and losers and unfortunately big injuries. It's always going to be the case for Fantasy Week 2. Trey Lance reportedly out for the year. Oh, man, what a bummer. Um, But uh, at least they have probably the best backup quarterback in football. Welcome to the show, everybody. Let's get right to it. Dave Richard, give me the biggest winner from Fantasy Week 2. Going deep in my feelings, I would say the fantasy gods plan is that Drake London is turning into a real thing for the Atlanta Falcons, crushing them in terms of targets, catches, yards, first touchdown of the year against the Rams. I think he's going to continue to uh, evolve and be one of the best receivers that certainly the best receiver that the Falcons have. And I know what I'm saying, and I'm saying it. I, I think he's he's going to be that dude for, for maybe the rest of this year. Okay, who would you rather have considering positional scarcity, Drake London or Kyle Pitts? I'd rather have Drake London at this point because I can find another tight end that can give me what Kyle Pitts is giving me. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a tough take right there. You can find it, that what he's giving you, sure, but what uh, you really think Pitts is going to be this bad rest of the season? Well, I think it's fair to point out that Kyle Pitts has never been as good as we've drafted him to be. And he wasn't as good last year as we drafted him to be. Well, that's a different question, though. That's a different question. He's and not going to be two this games bad. Now and is not as good. He's not going to be this bad, though. He's still a tight end that's got a potential to be a different. I, he has ten targets on the year. Drake London had twelve targets today. Yeah, they had the same amount of targets in week one. You know, 
Didn't they? That's great. So and Drake Lennon was a lot better. Yeah. So what what really needs to happen here? If you're a Kyle Pitts fantasy manager, you need Drake London to start drawing coverage away from Kyle Pitts. Um, and that will hopefully open things up so that Mariota can hit him with some accurate throws. Now I didn't remember I didn't watch every second of the game. There might have been some plays where Pitts was double covered, that, maybe didn't get some good throws. Who knows? But I don't I see three targets for Pitts. Yeah. I see a dozen for Drake London, and I think London played pretty well last week too. Okay, I do not believe this is a situation where Marcus Mariota is looking at Kyle Pitts. He's too covered, and then he's throwing to Drake London. Um, I I think that on a lot of these plays, Drake London is the first person he's looking to, and Run is the second person he's looking to. <laughs> Run. Um, but also, Dave, you you always look these things up during the show and I probably could too, but you're, you're better than yeah, me. he's better. I think Kyle Pitts is lining up as a tight end more than he did last year. I'll tell you right now. Dave's very good at um, looking this stuff up. I and mean, he is my, he was upper. lining up as a tight end. I will say he's also good at something Adam loves to do, which is stealing my believe it or not. After I've already put the Twitter poll out, there. we have <laughs> 1226 votes. Drake London is the best pass catching option on the Falcons, believe it or not. Okay, but that is not the question. That is but, not the question. But that's a still a question. Yeah. Like, it would have been ridiculous to say that ten days ago. I'd have. To, I think you have to believe it at this point, right? He's yeah. really good. Percent believe it. He's not. A, he's. That's not like he's some third. You know, some day three rookie. He was the first receiver drafted for a reason, and he's showing up, and he's going to be in your lineup going forward. Right? Let me give my biggest winner while Dave's looking that up. Oh, I already I'm, got it. Okay. Pitts played fifty-two snaps. He lined up as a tight end thirteen times. Thirteen. 13. Wow. Yeah. I saw all 13 of them. Then. <laughs> That's, uh, wow. I, well, hmm. uh, I was going to give you the biggest loser, but you can give a winner too. And then you can both give a loser. No, that's the biggest loser. Oh, you want me to give the biggest loser? Yeah. 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 My biggest loser would be Chase Edmonds because they came out for the start of the first drive and it was Raheem Mostert. And they came out for the start of the second drive and it was Raheem Mostert. And they threw the ball all over the yard playing from four scores behind and or however many, three scores behind and two threw for four million yards and six touchdowns. And Chase Edmonds was uh, five carries, 33 yards, one catch, eight yards. That was a nice $12 million the Dolphins spent. Well, Chase approves of it. Yes. Mostert played 57% of the snaps. There were some snaps where they played together, which is why when I tell you that Edmonds playing 49% of the snaps is a thing. Inside the 10, four of the six went to Mostert. Third downs, fourth downs, eight of 12 went to Edmonds. I, I'm I'm flabbergasted by his lack of targets. Um, and then that, again, that game was Baltimore amazing. didn't cover any of the wide receivers, <laughs> so they had no reason to dump it off. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, those two quarterbacks combined for 97 fantasy points, Tua and Lamar Jackson. 97, 50 for Tua. And Tua had more than Lamar, Jackson. if you can believe it. Yeah, I have 50 for Tua, 47 time. for Jackson. I couldn't remember the last time that had happened. One of our buddies, uh, Jay Darren Darst, looked it up. Ben Roethlisberger versus Andrew Luck in 2014. There was also that Thursday night game. Uh, was it? No, it was Chiefs and Rams. Was it the was it the game in Mexico or something? It was the, the game in Mexico. Yeah, fifty four, fifty one Rams. I think it was a Monday night. Was it in Mexico Monday. or was it supposed to be? It Mexico was in. Me and it was moved. Oh, that might. They have been had it. that game too. I can't remember if it was moved or if it was actually there. Yeah. So that game was a uh, was a slaughter. It was, a, was a fantasy uh, fantasy bonanza as well. But certainly that Ravens Dolphins game didn't disappoint. 
All right, a few more things to cover here before we get into the big news. Well, really, just one thing. The Fantasy Football Today newsletter. And we should talk... You know what? I'm sorry. It's a, I'm shortchanging Chase Edmonds. Last week, he got almost all the work, and Mostert got almost nothing. And they split sh- carries fairly... Or uh, snaps fairly evenly. They split evenly. what? Snaps. Fairly evenly. So I mean, I will say that week one, most of the carries were that type of shirt carries. What? The type that you said they split. What did I say? <laughs> You'll you'll hear about it on Twitter all day tomorrow. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) They split snaps uh, fairly evenly in week one, and it was all Edmonds basically. They they split snaps fairly evenly in week two, and it was all Mostert. So should we pump the brakes on the? Because I was like, wow, I don't think I can ever start Chase Edmonds again until Mostert inevitably gets injured. But what are you thinking, Heath? Like sum it up on on Edmonds. You can't. I can't start a Dolphins running back until one of them gets hurt. Okay. Uh, you can read the Fantasy Football Today newsletter if you want more fantasy football coverage. Chris Towers does a great job authoring this newsletter, puts together some really interesting things, great news updates, content from the website. Go to cbsportscom newsletters to sign up. It's free, obviously. It goes right to your inbox. Fantasy Football Today newsletter. This is an important piece of information you need to get ahead of your league. The big news, Trey Lance broke his ankle. He is reportedly out for the year. And it is Jimmy Garoppolo's show now. And it's just, I mean, it just stinks on so many levels. Lance was obviously one of the most exciting, polarizing, interesting players. He was also a really good start in this game, uh, albeit in very limited action. And now we won't get to see the experiment. And, you know, we, we know what, I mean, we more or less know what to expect with this team, right? And there'll, of course, be some surprises, but it's not like we have to, Go guessing. We we have got plenty of sample size with Jimmy Garoppolo, and um, who's the? Ugh, ugh, makes me sick to ask this question. I'm very sorry, but who's the biggest winner here? Is it Ayuk? Is it Debo? Is it Kittle? Is it Wilson? It's Garoppolo. Well, it's Garoppolo. Yes, but yeah, sorry, I hate other than framing him. it that way. But I I, feel I hate this question. I don't All right, so then I'll ask. But it has to be brought up, right? I feel better impact. about starting George Kittle and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and yeah. Jeff Wilson than I did going into week two. They have an accurate thrower. It is worth remembering that the second half of the year when Debo was really running the ball a lot, Ayuk was outperforming him as a pass catcher, as a receiver. Mm-hmm. So He did today, right? He absolutely did today. Um, so I guess Heath, uh, believe it or not, Ayuk's going to lead the team in receiving this year. Um, I could believe that, but Debo would still be a much better fantasy option. Right. Jerry Judy left with a shoulder injury. I'm going to go through the injuries and you tell me if we have any updates because I haven't seen much. Jerry Judy, shoulder, James Conner, ankle, and Joe Mixon left, but he came back. Damian Harris hurt his knee. Dalton Schultz left in the fourth quarter of that overtime win with a knee injury. He came back. He came back, okay. So do we have anything on Judy, Connor, or Harris? No. Uh, Harris's didn't look so great. He went off under his own power after he got the game-clinching first down conversion. Connor Uh also limped off, and we didn't see him come back. Judy's injury looked rough. He took a pretty big hit and just laid there on the ground. Yeah, he just kind of crumpled after he got hurt. It looked like one. um, Renfro might have been hurt on the last play, too. Mm. Renfro fumbled twice on on that drive in overtime, and the second one was returned for a touchdown. And with Connor, 
Dave, did you have a chance to look up the the work when he left? Because at the end of the day, Daryl Williams had eight carries. Eno Benjamin had eight carries. Daryl Williams had two catches. Eno Benjamin had three catches. So the touches were almost identical throughout the game. I don't know what what it was like after the Connor injury. I can get you. I can get you a rough estimate if you give me a second. The we need a song for him. The something something looker upper. Dave Richard. Yeah. I don't like this song. <laughs> okay. Other injuries of note. Denver cornerback Patrick Sertan left with an injury in the second quarter. <clears throat> Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore were ejected. They were probably covering each other in the locker room. He says That's happily. A, I think, yeah, I think like Evans was probably a little grumpy from staying up so late Saturday night and celebrating. Um, it was a big win for his Aggies. You're such a jerk. And we were staying. It was way too late. A college football game cannot start at 9, 10 p.m. Are you kidding? 100% agree. 100% agree. Uh, Jadeveon Clowney left with an ankle injury. Oh, but by the way, it was yet another game for Mike Evans with fewer than 13 PPR fantasy points against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Jadeveon Clowney left with an ankle injury, and that's a pretty big deal for the Browns up front. Drake London is the first rookie since Stefan Diggs in 2015 to have five-plus catches and 70-plus yards in each of his first two games. And another kind of record-setter, record-tire, Amonra St. Brown. He became the third player in NFL history with eight or more catches in eight straight games. That joins, that joins Michael Thomas and Antonio Brown. And I think my wife is mad at me because I feel like I told her to sit Amonra St. Brown this week. So, um. trouble in paradise. There are very few things after two weeks that I'm ready like to take just a, an L on. Like just say, man, I was dumb about that. I'm gonna, I'm ready to go there with him on Resident Brown. <laughs> yeah, like, w- I was dumb about that. Yeah, that's. A, I think he's that's awesome. a podcast. I mean, podcast loss. He, he's he's awesome, but is he really gonna get thirty percent of the targets every single week? Is Jamison Williams going to be the one that takes that away from him, though? It was always the kind of, I think when we wanted to not believe uh, in him, we were I don't like, think well, so. Jamison Williams. No, I, I. it was more than just Jamison Williams, though. It was also DJ Chark getting there. It was also Hawkinson coming back. It was also uh, Swift being there and being healthy. It was the idea that the Lions were going to be way more focused on running the football. I think the Lions deserve credit for, for playing how they've played. Jared Goff deserves the credit for playing how he's played and they're finding ways to get St. Brown, the football. Like it's very clear that they love him and they view him as their number one pass catcher. So I, I get it. And uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely one that we kind of screwed the pooch on. I've got your numbers for Arizona's running backs. Go. It'll cost you 20 bucks. Da, dun, 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 look her up her Davy. <laughs> it, it just went up to 50 bucks after that stupid jingle. <laughs> Okay. Dave's grumpy. What do you got? I've got of the... This this can't be right. Dave just screwed up the stats. <laughs> Again. All right, Unless we'll, they, they we'll must have some plays where they both played together. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I said that earlier. He did say that. Okay. 57 snaps. snaps. Kyle Pitts played tight end. 57 snaps after James Conner got hurt. Daryl Williams was in on 32 of the 57. Eno, don't call me Uno Benjamin, had 29. The one takeaway that I would tell everybody is that Daryl had all the high-value touches, or high-value opportunities, I should say. There were 10 snaps inside the 10. Daryl was in on all of them. 
And on third downs and fourth downs, Daryl was in on 13 of 14 such snaps, which is a little weird to me because I thought that Eno Benjamin would get a lot of that passing down love, but it, it went to D. Will. Yeah, well, let's hope James Conner comes back. Those are not inspiring options, but it's a, it's a fun offense. Um, the Cardinals, mm. the, the Lions. I don't know if fun's the word. Oh, it's fun. He, Kyler Murray, that was the most fun you could ever have watching a quarterback. What he was doing on the field in the second half of that game. But it's not good. No, it's not. In fact, it's part of our <laughs> buy or sell segment in a, in a bit. So uh, let's not spoil it. Good. That. It's part of the believe it or not segment as well. So that'll be great. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's do some quick buy or sell. Here we go. Buy or sell. Carson Wentz is legit. 33 points this week. 36 points last week. Carson Wentz is legit. Well, I did a Twitter poll. <laughs> Believe it or not, Carson Wentz is a top 12 quarterback until further notice. You guys share a brain. It's the low-hanging fruit. For all that you guys like, kind of bicker with each other, Yeah, you, you, you share a brain quite a bit. Well, no, it's just that I came up with this concept, and then Adam added another segment on top of it. And it's the same exact thing, just by a different name. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, I believe it. I do, too. He's going to throw 40 times a game. The defense is terrible. His receivers are awesome. Tough matchup for him next week. He's got the Eagles. After that, it's it's Dallas. I think that could be a little tough for him. But I think it clears up kind of after that for at least a few more games. But even with tough matchups, I think think we know what they're going to do. I think they're worried about trying to establish the run. I don't think they even care about it. And Heath said it. The receivers, they're good. Tight end is good. Wentz is finding them. Okay. I mean, the team that he lit up in the in week one pitched a shutout in week two. So yeah, and I want to see well, what the Eagles do the this week because decimated. like the Eagles are talented, but it's still a question of if they can put it all together, and that's their opponent next week. Um, all right, next up, buy or sell. Oh wait, can I ask a quick follow up? Give me a five word answer at most. Does Brian Robinson's return when he comes back, does that change the offense enough to hurt Carson Wentz? Possibly. Maybe in the first quarter, but then when they're down two touchdowns. <laughs> okay. Like they're not they're not a team that can run the ball and stay in games, I don't think. Their defense is awful. We don't know if that could be the case. It comes down to how well Robinson plays. No. Okay. I don't think that any team can run the ball. 50% of the time and stay in games when they're giving up 30 points a game. And I think that's what Washington's going to do. Sure. Right. All right. Uh, buy or sell. And I mean, look, it, you kind of have to watch how these games unfold to even understand the premise here. Cause I get it. They ended up scoring a lot of points and putting up some fantasy points, but buy or sell the Arizona offense is broken and all fantasy options will be disappointing. So what I, the way I chose to frame it was, <laughs> believe it or not, there are no must-start Cardinals in Week 3 against the Rams. I'm taking more of a season-long approach here. Um, yeah. I think I Cliff Kingsbury and Arthur Smith are in a race. Yep. No, Matt Rule is uh, winning. But it's a race, race that Matt Rule's already won. <laughs> yeah. It's I, just a matter of time with it. Uh, well, well, but you guys get the uh, the premise here, right? I mean, look. No, uh, I think I think Ertz is still going to be startable until Hopkins comes back. Uh, there might be something to Greg Dortch. I don't know. He only had four targets. It, it might not be that great. And Kyler does make stuff happen. I, I, I'm thinking they hit a brick wall next week, coming off of this crazy emotional road win. 
I, I don't know if they can bounce off of that and be better, even though they're at home against the Rams. Yeah. On the other hand, their defense is, is worse than Washington's, perhaps. So, Car- yeah, Kyler Murray yeah. threw 49 times today. Granted, they played, I think they had one possession in overtime, but um, it's weird. It's just at the end of the day that the fantasy points look good. You know, even six for 68, that's not so bad for Marquise Brown. He dropped a really, he dropped a huge pass in overtime, could have given him mm-hmm. a huge game. Um, but it's just not fluid and it's, it's sloppy for Arizona. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, buy or sell, the Denver offense is broken and all fantasy options will be disappointing. <laughs> no. Two games, two touchdowns for Russell Wilson, which is definitely not what we thought was going to happen, and we don't know how long Jerry Judy's going to be out for. But I'm, I'm starting Cortland Sutton every week, especially without Judy there. He's going to get peppered. And Javante was still pretty good. He just didn't get as many catches by like 10 compared to week one. Um, I, Russell Wilson, like there was some of that slander that came out uh, right before the week one matchup from someone in the Seahawks about how they don't think certain things about Russell Wilson. The one thing they said was that he'd lost his mobility. He has entirely lost his mobility. He looks like an old quarterback moving in the pocket. You he is. You know rushing he yards fell he down one time when he tried to scramble outside the pocket. He just started running and he just fell. And I've done that. <laughs> but look at this. Oh, this is this is from Schaefer. Team name Tuesday, Albert O. Catches. That's good. Zero catches yeah. for Albert O. Uh, by the way, um, yeah, Russell Wilson has five rushing yards in two games. But it's more. But you didn't draft him for the rushing yards. Like it was like a, a side note. By the way, he'll get you some numbers on the Carson Wentz over Russell Wilson rest of the season. No, I don't blame you for that one bit. You're you're saying that or you're asking that. I'm saying it. Right. That's right. He, he. That wasn't a question for me. Carson Wentz is going to run for more yards than Russell Wilson. <laughs> Maybe he's going to throw for more yards than Russell Wilson. Well, Sutton's going to be a must-start for sure, as long as Judy's out. Uh, 11 targets, 7 catches, 122 yards. And he drew, once again, he drew a pass interference call on a deep ball near the end zone. That's two weeks in a row. Uh, And once again, he got targeted in the end zone, almost had a touchdown. All right, buy or sell. Back-to-back plays. Yeah. Buy or sell. The Carolina offense is broken, and all fantasy options will be disappointing. (sighs) I'm not quite there yet, but it looks that way right now. Yeah, this was this was Baker-esque. Imagine if this happened in week one. And for people at DJ Moore, they might say, well, it kind of did. I mean, he scored this week, but outside of that, it wasn't great shakes. Um, they're just it's frustrating. They're throwing the ball. One of the things Jacob Gibbs talked about in pumping up DJ Moore this offseason was first down targets, first look targets. And... Adam, you relayed a quote from Matt Rule late, late, late in the preseason about how they got too one-dimensional in the passing game and they were throwing the ball, basically throwing the ball to DJ Moore too much, and we've got to start spreading the ball around. And Dave said it was classic Baker. They, I don't know how many drops they were credited with in this game, but Shai Smith mm. is not someone you should be throwing the football to. Ian Thomas is not someone like they just look terrible. They seem to They're, like Shy Smith according to the broadcast. They they think Yes, he's, and he I think he saw seven targets and picked up two yards today. Yeah, six, yeah. Get six. Six. Same targets. as DJ Moore. And and again, Heath, 
they ran like 49 plays or something. They might have ran fewer plays. And I just know any team, regardless of the DJ Moore thing, um, any 51. team that's run 49 and 50 plays the first two weeks, I'm going to tell you they're going to run more plays. It, it would take more than a month for me to believe that a team's going to be 20% slower than the rest of the league in the number of plays they run. Right, and only 24 minutes of possession. They got to start picking up third. I mean, as someone who watched, you know, more of this game than, than you know, than the, any other game, I'd say, except for the Cowboys game, they just they just looked off. Their, their line well, is a they problem. Had one their drive. rookie left tackle is, is not working out right now. They Did just look off. Did you see DJ Moore with his first catch of the second half? And no. he just, like, laid down and snuggled the ball like he was so happy to have it. And I think he was mocking when he did it. But they had that first drive in the third quarter, and they came out and ran a couple of design plays to DJ Moore and scored in, like, four plays. And then they just went back to the same thing. Yeah. Well, um, I, I don't know. I mean, are you going Are you going back to them, to DJ Moore? Obviously, you're going to start McCaffrey, but I'm wondering if you've lowered your expectations. And are you starting DJ Moore next week against the Saints? I'm starting DJ Moore until October at least. And do you feel like McCaffrey is still a stud or just, you know, a very good? Still very good. But I, I will say this. Is he giving you what you expected when you drafted him? No, of course not. Nobody right. has yet two weeks in a row. Uh, Drake London. Um, running backs, elite running backs. Is that true? Uh, yeah. So far. Yeah, that's true. It's a great point. Wow. Mm. Um, all right, mm. let's move on. There's uh, gotta be somebody. No, well, a lot of them haven't played yet. And Alvin Kamara missed week two and wasn't good week one. So it didn't matter. Um, but right. Derek Henry's already out. Um, yep, Aaron Jones is already out. Dalvin cook is already out. What about DeAndre Swift? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. what about James Robinson? <laughs> well, he wasn't. Yeah. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> okay, okay. Now uh, I'm just naming guys. All right. Antonio listen, Gibson. We um give me give me a second here because I gotta talk to you about something big. All right. Look at this. If you're watching on YouTube. Hold on, let me let me pull it up here. Uh give me one second. Three, two, bam, there it is. This is Seat Geek. Cowboys at Giants. I'm just going to show you what it looks like here. Look at all those green dots. Those are great values. Hey, listen, if you're listening out there, if you're watching, you want to go to a game, you want to go to a concert, any type of event that you want to go to, go to SeatGeek. It is the best place. And this is not, I'm not reading copy here. I'm telling you from personal experience. It is the only place I use. SeatGeek goes, uh, you know, it, it takes tickets from all over the web and puts them in one place. You don't have to go searching multiple sites for tickets. And if you use FFT at SeatGeek.com, you will get $20 off your first purchase. Use that for parking or hot dogs or whatever. 20 bucks off your first purchase with the promo code FFT at SeatGeek.com. But I did want to at least show you how it works on the SeatGeek app or SeatGeek.com. You search for a game. I have it with fees included. So there's no surprise fees or anything like that at the end. It's sorted by deal. You can sort by price, whatever you want. But all these green dots here, these are the great deals that you want to take advantage of. Red dots, you want to stay away from those tickets. A lot of, a lot of good bargains, apparently, at this Giants game next week, which I will be aiming to go to, and I'll be using SeatGeek to get there, uh, except I'll be in the upper deck, as you can see some of the prices. But, <laughs> um, but anyway... Please use SeatGeek, and when you get there, the, the best app, the best website for tickets, use the code FFT for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code FFT for $20 off your first SeatGeek order. 
SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat and download the app today. Some of the backfield winners that we either have or will talk about in Miami, Raheem Mostert got more of the work for the Rams. Cam Akers got more of the work. Daryl Henderson did save his day with a touchdown, but Akers was only starting 11% of leagues and he bounced back. And in Houston, zero carries for Rex Burkhead, 15 for Damian Pierce. Winners and losers. All right, Heath, your winners are Tyler Higby, Jeff Wilson, and Garrett Wilson. Boy, the Jets could be so fun. And they were very fun today with that win, huge win. Tyler Higby, 7 for 71 on nine targets. He also dropped a touchdown. It was a tough play, but nearly had a touchdown. Um, Tyler, Tyler Higby or Kyle Pitts rest of season, Heath? I would still take Kyle Pitts. I would also, and maybe, like I think the, the drop was close enough that some sites might count that as a drop and some sites might not. I'm not sure it was actually a drop. But just the fact that he was still as involved in the pass offense, this looks like a very consolidated top three in this Rams pass offense. And it might be more of a Cooper Cup's the clear one, Higby's the clear two, Robinson's the clear three in terms of volume. But I, I do think that Higby, now like I want to be clear when I say this, I think he's a clear top 10, top 12 tight end that you should just leave in your lineup as a starter. That does not mean he's not going to have bad games. He's probably going to have a game where he catches three passes for 45 yards in the relatively near future. He's a tight end, but he is not someone that I'm taking out for streaming purposes. Okay. And he's putting up numbers like I thought he would put up coming off of that year where he finished super strong. Uh-huh. Like they're still doing all the things now that they were doing then with him, like tight end screens and just clever ways of getting him involved. This is what we were looking for going into 2021. And now we're getting it here. I do wonder what that target volume looks like once Van Jefferson is back and doing his thing, but we don't know when that's going to happen. And we don't know when this run game is eventually going to get going either. So I'm with you, Heath. I think that he's absolutely a must start tight end. Would you rather have Tyler Higby or Gerald Everett? I think I'd rather have Higby because I, I don't know if Everett's going to be what he has been when Keenan Allen's back. Right. Okay. Jeff Wilson and then Garrett Wilson. Wilson had 18 carries. Tyrion Davis Price had like 11 or 12. Sorry. I don't 14. 14. 14 carries for 33 yards, just over two yards per carry. Uh, okay, Heath. But it's better than what Jordan Mason had, which was bupkis. Heath, tell me about Jeff Wilson, though. 18 for 84, two catches for 19 yards at Denver next week. Yeah, I mean, I think that he is their number one running back. And um, I don't know how long it'll last or how long he will stay healthy, but there are going to be more rushing opportunities with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback for the for the running back. There are going to be more pass-catching opportunities for the running back with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. And Wilson was, like, it was 18-14, I think, when we go back and look. I'm not going to ask Dave to do any more of these tonight. Um a, a large, larger percentage of TDPs came after it was a two-score game in the second half. He had five but. or six carries in the first half, so yeah. I mean, technically, he had fourteen, right? Um, he was in the mix, but that might be true. Uh, TDP was doing. I'm just going to call him TDP, by the way. Yes, please. Um, ju- was doing a lot of the short yardage yeah. work, but he did not have success with it. So I'm not sure that'll continue either. And Garrett Wilson, eight catches, 102 yards, two touchdowns on 14 targets. Wow. <laughs> and that route he run on the, on, the, on the fade was gorgeous. Yeah, go ahead. This is one where I'm so mad at myself because, like, the beginning of training camp, I had Garrett Wilson ahead of Elijah Moore. 
Um, and he's about playing Elijah Moore right now. And then his day could have been even bigger. Like Joe Flacco has eyes for this guy in the end zone. I think he's throwing like 70% of his passes in the end zone in the vicinity of Garrett Wilson, who is just hard to cover. I can't remember who it was that said it, but there was a quote after the game from a defender who said he's doing Jeff- Justin Jefferson type things. Nobody wants to cover him. Wow. Uh, well, nobody wanted to cover Corey Davis on that one play either. But all right, Garrett Wilson's only they were like 50... loafing. Yeah, just watching him run down the field. <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, the game's yeah, over. Who cares? This. Corey Davis, let him have it. Doesn't count." Garrett Wilson's only fifty three percent rostered, so definitely a That's waiver wire priority. Yeah, priority. Absolutely, yes. Are you a little bit worried about what happens when Zach Wilson comes back? Um, I don't think after this win. That if Zach Wilson comes back and is noticeably worse, Zach Wilson's going to be the quarterback for very long. Mm. Oh, mm. oh. Nah. <laughs> my first thought is, ooh, that's interesting. And my second thought is, oh, we're going to see more of Joe Flacco. I'd love to see more of Joe Flacco. Okay. How I about think, I think I would Dave's too winners. for the receiver's sake. I think so. Yeah. Dave's winners, Amari Cooper. 101 yards and a touchdown against the New York Jets. Drake London, who we've discussed, and Curtis Samuel, who had nine more targets, 78 more yards, another touchdown, 21 more yards rushing. Curtis Samuel is 59% rostered. Actually, why don't we just go right into Samuel, and then you can go back to Cooper. Samuel, 59%. Garrett Wilson, 53%. If they were both on waivers, who would you prioritize? I'm going to take a peek at who they're playing next week and do the whole short-term thing. Long-term, it's easy. It's definitely Garrett Wilson. You know that he's going to be a factor. Jets play Cincinnati next week, kind of like that matchup. And I already mentioned it's the Eagles up next for the Commanders. I I think you should prioritize Garrett Wilson, even with the questions about the quarterback. There's There's two things about Curtis Samuel. Did I just say something? No. Oh, DVR, bro. DVR. <laughs> it was Hold a good... on, now I got to stop and see what happened. <laughs> it was a okay. good play or it wasn't an injury? Now I see what happened. Okay. Okay, so here's where I'm coming out on this. Curtis Samuel has two serious issues coming up. One, what happens if the commanders do end up getting that rushing presence going, and that does take away pass attempts and short area pass attempts from Carson Wentz. That hurts Samuel. Two, What's the one thing that everybody who's ever had Curtis Samuel on their fantasy roster for the last two years know about this guy? He cannot stay healthy. He's got a durability issue. So I I don't know how long this is going to last. It's fun, and you can use him while you can. But Garrett Wilson is a supreme route runner, man. He is just so good at it. I don't think this is – I don't know if he's ever going to have a game as good as this one again this year. Two touchdowns and over 100 yards. But I, I suspect he's going to lead the Jets in targets uh, at least a few more times this season. And if Zach Wilson does end up throwing well and he does extend plays, then Garrett Wilson's going to be somebody they looks for. And yeah. supremely talented receiver. Wish he were in a better offense. But he's in a, if, if he's in a bad offense and he's getting you 14 targets, eight catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns, uh, I, I think I can handle him as, as a great receiver. In fantasy. Would, would it be fair to say that for as long as he stays healthy, Curtis Samuel probably has a higher floor right now than Garrett Wilson. Yes. But that's Garrett a really Wilson, good way to it. It, I'm not even, I'm not saying this is likely, but I don't have to use very much of my imagination to imagine a top 15 season from Garrett Wilson. 
I cannot Ooh, imagine 15. that. From, I can't imagine that from Kirk. Well, if he's the best rookie wide receiver, we have rookie. We've had rookie wide receivers do that. Um, I don't know if I can yeah, put him that man, high. That's it's high. You'd have to have a really good year, but obviously, but uh, Curtis Samuel. One one of the thing about Curtis Samuel is uh, I just want to get the exact numbers up. But his last nine games in Carolina, he was on pace for like eleven hundred yards. So mm-hmm. the last nine games, he was on a 17-game pace of 98 catches, 1,171 yards, and six touchdowns on 128 targets. It's not like this is completely out of nowhere. So another guy you could be looking at, I, I absolutely did not buy it after week one. Uh, I'll buy it a little more after week two. Of course, I just, you know, look, it is just two weeks. Go look at TJ Hawkinson's game log from last year. Go look what he did in the first two weeks of the season. He and was awesome. After that, he just was not. Go look at Darren Waller in week one of last year. He had like 18 targets. And it, and that, you know, it made sense. It just seemed like he was going to be this absolute monster. And he really wasn't. So it's still very early. But that doesn't mean you just sit idly by and, and not take anything seriously. You know, it's okay to be wrong. But go out and get these guys who are doing well right now. Because you don't want to miss out if they end up being legit. Um, all right, let's go to the... Oh, sorry, Dave, real quick on Amari Cooper. We'll do the losers quickly, too, and just get into the games after that. So last week, it was Donovan Peoples-Jones with 11 targets. This week, it was Donovan Peoples-Jones with one target. Uh, I believe he did have a touchdown called back. He was out of bounds on the play. 10 targets from Amari Cooper, nine catches. They did what I was kind of hoping that they would do, and that's manufacture some work for their best pass catcher. And he scored on top of it. He was wide open. When he's got easier matchups, you'll feel better about starting him. When he's got tougher matchups, uh, you you might not like it as much next week, next short week against Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I think that's going to be a challenging matchup for him, but I'm encouraged by the volume. And I could bring up the A dot too if you're interested. But I think he's I think he's got it, you know, he bounced back this week. That's a good thing. So don't give up hope. And on and him. I think that that Jacoby Brissett had said that he needed to get Cooper more involved. So Hopefully he learned his lesson, and uh, and he did it. He got him more involved. All right, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we will talk about the losers. Travis Etienne, Hunter Renfro, Ezekiel Elliott, Daryl Henderson, Terry McLaurin, uh, and we already discussed Chase Edmonds. We'll give you some early waiver wire names and break down the games. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The losers from Dave are Travis Etienne. He had 12 touches today. He was not as good as James Robinson once again. Hunter Renfro and Ezekiel Elliott. All right, go for you it, You couldn't Dave. think of one more Clemson Tiger? <laughs> for the record, Renfro was sent before the fumble. That's true. So 
and now and now I fumbled on top of it. Look, he's just going to be that third guy in that offense more more weeks than not. And I don't think he's going to have a lot of games where he's got the type of volume that he had uh, in week two. You ready to drop him for Garrett Wilson? Oh, I mean, Ooh, it's yeah. an easy drop in non and half PPR. It's the full PPR fantasy managers are going to have a hard time saying goodbye to Hunter Renfro. This but was, the upside with Garrett Wilson is just, I think it's too big to ignore. This was the problem with Hunter Renfro is if you are a guy who's supposed to be better in full PPR, but then Devontae Adams gets added to your team, can you still be worth anything at all? Because well, can you be a high target wide receiver with Devontae Adams? And if you're not a high target wide receiver and you're a low efficiency wide receiver, yeah, it's a problem. But and and here's an example. Hunter Renfro had 10 targets today. Usually when he gets 10 targets, we're talking about like eight catches, and he was really close to that, but we're certainly talking about nine or 10 yards per catch and certainly an opportunity at a touchdown. Seven catches, 59 yards, it's 12.9 PPR. That's before we even think about the fumble. So if if his ceiling is going to be around 12.9, in PPR, that's not that great. That's a good bench receiver. It's a good flex, good bye week replacement. I think we could say all those things about Garrett Wilson and also recognize that Wilson's ceiling is much higher. All right, so how about Travis Etienne? Are we just sitting him for now? I think that's the right plan. I think if you cut him, somebody will take him immediately after you do that. And I think someone still might give you something decent for him. But I think the Jaguars have recognized that James Robinson's the better, just the the better rusher and the better guy to, to have on the field. They, I, this was a matchup that I thought would be better for ETN than it would be for Robinson. And then when when Pittman went down and Pierce was down, I, I kind of started to change my mind a little bit. And I thought, all right, well, now they can kind of control the game a little bit. Jacksonville can with the run. And that's what they did. And it wasn't a super efficient game for Robinson, but he scored. Um, I, I, I think that he's just going to have that touch edge ahead of ETN. And if you start ETN, you're hoping that he somehow gets five catches. And you're hoping that he has a bunch of explosive plays. He's, um, I mean, I made the CJ Spiller comp, and I think it still fits because I ex- fully expect him to have a game with fewer than 10 touches, more than 100 yards, and at least one touchdown this season. I don't know if you're going to start him the week that he does that. Um, but I think that's also, there's also a little bit of Tony Pollard on a worse offense. Yeah. I, I mean, I mentioned Tyler Lockett. I saw this, I said this on Twitter. Tyler Lockett was started in 18% of leagues. This week, and he I was at least yards. three of those. <laughs> and it's like, uh, you know, you just you get frustrated with those guys that are too good to drop, but not good enough to start consistently. Uh, is there any doubt in your mind at this point? If you, if you were redrafting, you'd take Robinson ahead of ETN? No, none. You would do it. I should have asked it differently. You would definitely take Robinson ahead of ETN, right? I would. Yeah, I think so. All right. And Zeke, Dave, real quick. Why was Zeke a loser here? 15 carries, 53 yards. Only one catch went for negative four yards. I'm, it's been two weeks now. He's been getting the work, and he's not doing great things with it, and Pollard looked amazing. Zeke played two-thirds of the snaps. He had zero explosive plays. He had two runs for zero or negative yards. He had a rush EPA of negative .24. He had a success rate of 33%. He's he's not anything special anymore, and I think it's there, there's going to come a point where this coaching staff sees Pollard doing what he's doing, and they're going to say, we've got to get the ball in this guy's hands more. And I think they can do it beyond targeting him. I think it's carries. And I, I think just think Pollard's explosiveness gives him an edge over Ezekiel Elliott. I'm, 
I'm I'm hitting the eject button on Ezekiel Elliott, man. I, I know that people. What does that mean? What does that mean? That he would bounce back. It means that I don't feel good starting him. I'm not going to cut him, and I'm going to try and get something in trade for him. But it's not going to be anything good anymore. I I it's not. This isn't a cut your losses thing necessarily. Not yet. But I would one hundred. I I could be there already, like this fast after two weeks. If week one had been the same, but week one, Zeke looked good and was way, way, way more productive running the ball than Pollard was. By the way, if you're saying, oh, Pollard got the one one yard goal line touchdown. It seemed like after his play. Yeah, it was a reward. Yes, it was a reward. He had a long run that was originally called a touchdown. It was overturned and they just said, oh, you catch, right? You earned it. Oh, it was a catch. Sorry. Um, you earned it, and uh, and they gave him the one yard touchdown run. I think I, look, I think next week's pretty telling for Zeke. Giants may not have Leonard Williams, their best defensive lineman. They should, I think, like Zeke should be able to take advantage of that. And you know who he's like? He's exactly like Josh Jacobs right now. All right, you're getting some work. You're not getting a ton in the passing game, and you and you need him to score, right? But he's not he's not the worst, but he's probably going to be more like a flex. I think. If you're, I think if, if I could, lucky, I, if you have a good team, if, maybe I'm being too aggressive with this because he he did have some explosive runs last week, but not like huge explosive runs. Right, he's not going to break uh, off like forty yard runs. Like he's not going to do yeah, that. Swift. Speaking that, of that, that is there is there a chance the Bucks' run defense is not elite? Uh, we got to talk about it. You know what? We've yeah. never seen them without Indomitian Sue in this stretch. Really, maybe I, maybe that's and today we saw them without Sue because he's not on the team, and Akeem Hicks got hurt. Right, so. That's two weeks in a row. It's been pretty, pretty subpar. All right, I'm sorry. We're, let's, uh, Heath, your losers are Daryl Henderson, Terry McLaurin, and Chase Edmonds. Would you rather have Henderson or Akers rest of season? Um, I think I would rather have Akers. And he, Henderson was more productive than Akers with his touches. This was the soft eject. It was very nice because he scored the touchdown. So you don't have to feel bad about it. But we saw Cam Akers get more opportunities. In this game, and and he wasn't particularly efficient, but he had a little bit of juice. More than anything, it just looks like a committee, committee. I and I heard. I, I don't know if I should give credit to Chris Towers or to Adam Azer, but I heard Dave talking to one of you guys on the live stream this morning when I me. was furiously updating <laughs> yeah, my rankings, and someone asked, "What if it's just a split, unlike Week One?" And I thought that was a ridiculous question, but that's what it turned out to be. It was. Yeah. It was. 56% for Henderson in snaps, 44 for Akers, 2% for Jake Funk. Um, but Henderson had a lot of high-value snaps. Eight of the 10 third and fourth downs went to Henderson. Eight of 12 snaps inside the 10 went to Henderson. Obviously, the touchdown went to Henderson. Uh, I'm withholding comment until I go back and watch Akers fully. But I, I did see some of Akers, and he did seem to have some juice back. I just I think that there's more potential for Akers to regain more as we move forward. Um, it's definitely there. And then the other loser was Terry McLaurin, and it's just we've not seen him like all the things that we love for Carson Wentz right now appear to be negatives for Terry McLaurin. There's had a, good a game, lot though. of other guys for Carson Wentz to throw the football to. It's just kind of weird. I was forced catches 75 yards on eight targets. It's not like he's coming off a bad game. He did score the week before, but 12 targets in two games isn't great. And he's and probably a pretty low target share. And again, like maybe Curtis Samuel goes away at some point. But I think if I was a betting person, I would bet that Jahan Dotson's opportunities go up throughout the year. 
And I would bet that Logan Thomas's go up from where they've been the first two weeks because he wasn't even 100% ready to go. Okay. Um, so, like, I don't think we're benching Terry McLaurin. We're certainly not cutting Terry McLaurin, but I am concerned about Terry McLaurin. Early waiver wire here. We'll obviously get into it more on Monday. We have a Beyond the Box score episode with Dan Schneier and Jacob Gibbs. We take a look at some snap shares, some who is playing on third down, some advanced stats, things that Jacob looks at that I've never even heard of before, and just good old-fashioned fantasy football talk. But uh, early waiver wire, let's so the Cardinals running backs are going to be on there. By the way, just saw an update that Jerry Judy's x-rays were negative on Jerry Judy's ribs. So very good news there. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so who who tops the early waiver wire for you, Heath? Uh, I guess, first of all, pick a Cardinals running back and and what else we got? I just hope when people listen to the Sunday night show, they can t- they like and they they know what happened the night before. They can tell what happened when I make these random little noises of happiness or despair. <laughs> um, Daryl Williams and Eno Benjamin will both be on the early wave- waiver wire. I kind of think it might be that Daryl Williams is going to get more touches than Eno Benjamin, but I'm very unconfident. And what I'll probably do if we think James Conner is going to miss a week is just bid a dollar on both of them and hope I get one of them and be okay with the cheapest one. Um, Garrett Wilson and Curtis Samuel, I think, are probably at the top of the wide receiver waiver wire. I'm pretty terrible on Sunday nights at this. Yeah, me So too. you should definitely listen <laughs> to what we say on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, there's Greg Dorch. I'm going to stay away from the Patriots guys. I know Aguilar and Jacoby Myers had good games. Ashton Doolin's kind of interesting if Pittman misses any more time, but that's in a deeper format. Noah Brown's been good, but Michael Gallup could be back soon. Maybe look at Michael Gallup. Um, yeah, if Garrett Wilson's available, he will not be after this week in any of my leagues. Someone will pick him yep. up. It will be me if nobody else does, but no, he'll be a big priority. But we'll be looking at that Cardinals running back situation for sure. All right, let's take a look at uh, maybe some other news items real quick here. Devin Duvernay left with a concussion. Ahmad Gardner left in the third quarter. That's the rookie cornerback for the Jets. Not sure if he made his way back. Um, Giovanni Bernard left with an ankle injury in the second half. Mm, Detroit cornerback Jeffrey Okuda left with an injury. Oh, Tampa Bay lost another left tackle, Josh Wells. So that put them on their third string offensive tackle. A lot of injuries. For and like I get accused a lot of times of starting things. And I just want to say that like Tom Brady is largely responsible for the Mike Evans, Marshawn Lattimore fight. <laughs> uh, why? Because he cursed Brady it ran by, uh, 30 Lyle? yards after the play to go down and yell at somebody because he didn't like a call. And Lattimore ran by him and said something to him. And then Brady went walking after him. And that's what started the whole altercation. I disagree with, with your blame. It is Mike Evans' fault. Mike Evans did not have to come out and push Marshall Lattimore, but he Marshall wanted Lattimore to. Marshall Lattimore pushed Leonard Fournette in the face first. He was he, defending his teammate. Marshall... Uh, Mike Evans was dying to do that. He wants so badly oh, yeah, to take sure. a shot at Marshawn If Tom Brady had just walked over to the sideline calmly, said, I'm sorry I'm playing so bad, guys. I'll try to do better. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, that would be that would have been interesting. Uh, okay. Do we have to go over anything interesting at the goal line in today's show? Jamal Williams once again got a goal line carry. It once again was after DeAndre Swift had a very long play. 50-yard run. I don't know that we I learned much. I believe Brandon Cooks line. may have tied the record for um, almost touchdowns. The Austin Safarian Jenkins three almost touchdown game. Oh, yeah. He had one where Davis Mills missed him wide open. He had another one that went through his hands. And he had another one that he caught 
and was carried out of the end zone by the defensor, defender. Yeah. <laughs> he could have had a much better game. All right, then. Uh, the Giants, 19. The Panthers, 16. And again, the story for the Panthers is just not a lot of plays and not a lot of possession. 24 minutes and three seconds of possession. Heath, what's our believe it or not? I, I'm sorry. I clicked on the link that Shafee T sent us so showing that Bruce Arians actually sent Mike Evans onto the field. So Bruce Arians, who is actually not even the coach of Tampa Bay anymore, was responsible for the fight. Not Tom Brady. My apologies to Tom Brady. Um, believe it wow. or not, some you guys would like a DJ Moore one, wouldn't you? DJ Moore is going to be nothing more than a boomer bust number three wide receiver. Don't believe it. Not ready to believe it. No, I don't believe it, but I am I am a little worried about him. I, I can't lie. They just look I think it's so weird that sorts. he's not dominating targets. I've I, th- I it's I'm getting concerned. My concern is that that is intentional that Ben Macadont is <laughs> like saying we need to make sure or Matt Rules told him, maybe he's set a rule. Um we must spread the ball around and we don't want too many targets going to one guy. Yeah, there are people that are just so down on DJ Moore. Oh, I've never received yeah. in the first two weeks of a season so many tweets about one player. Yeah, it is. It's because you were so bold on him. What's that? You were so bold on him. I know. I know. I, I won't yeah, make that mistake. Top five. I'm going to keep my rankings receiver. much closer to everyone else's. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it, it does. I don't care. It's just that yes, you're right. People are very concerned, and I am not saying this is nothing. This is it's troubling, but I'm not going to get any level of like considering benching DJ Moore until October. I don't think the Giants are a team we have to talk much about here, but Sterling Shepard's 49% rostered and he got 10 targets, only four in the first game. I and mean, their offense looks dreadful. It really does. But, uh, but Shepard, I think it's pretty clear he's the guy. So would you rather have, if you don't need to start him, would you rather have Shepard or, or just keep holding out hope for Tony? Shepard. Yeah, it, it would be. Like, I want to say Tony just because he's more exciting, but um, it, it would be it would be Shepard. I mean, it might be Richie James. Yeah. I wanted to finish that so bad. Richie, what do you mean? Richie James. Oh, say it with oh, a different I- word. <laughs> <laughs> All right. New England 17, Pittsburgh 14. Another time of possession game here. I think the Steelers are in the same boat. They just their offense is not clicking and they're not getting a lot of possession. Patriots had the ball for over 33 minutes. What's your believe it or not for this game? Um, and I think this is going to be a no, but I just I think it needs to be said. So believe it or not, if Damian Harris is okay, he's going to be a top 20 running back. Top 20. If he's okay, that means he's got to stay okay and he's got to keep scoring. And I feel like we can bet against that a little. I think he's going to so catch. I, thir- I think he's going to catch thirty or thirty-five passes. Well, if he stays healthy, he can. I got really pissed off at someone today who <laughs> didn't something very benign that didn't that I shouldn't have gotten pissed off about. But it, it was one of these kind of like, oh, I told you you're on so on on Damian Harris. It's like, yo, where were you last week, buddy? He had fifty-eight total yards and eleven touches, and Ramondre Stevenson had ten touches last week. Well, yeah. I think the difference this week was that Ty Montgomery was on IR. Right. Do we ha- do yep. we know how long Ty Montgomery's out? I mean, is it just four well, weeks? He's on IR. Yeah, so. I, yeah, but is he not out for the season or anything like that? Yeah, and and, and what's he it? Is the, not. No, the, I'm sorry. I think the big difference is that they won this week and they had the ball for almost 34 minutes. 
and it was a good game script for him. I, I, I don't, I'm not taking, I don't know if, if I it's like, worth talking about though, because we don't know if he's healthy. Okay. Fair enough. Do, but do we I, get a thumbs up from somebody at, in New England that says that he'll be good to go? Ask Bel, text Belichick, see what he says. Well, the, believe it or not, was if he's healthy. Text Belichick. A top 20 running back is not that high of a threshold to meet, so I guess he could be, but the number 20 running back is going to be someone who frustrates the heck out of you, you know? He could be that. <laughs> I'm uh, very impressed with Pat Fryermore scoring a touchdown against New England, even though it was four for 22, still. Seven targets, not bad. Giving up on Chase Claypool? Would you drop him? For anything you needed? Yeah. All right. Believe it or not, Najee Harris is going to be a bust. Uh, We're heading in that direction, too. I, I'd like it if he got five catches every week. That kind of salvaged him in, in PPR. Kind of salvaged him in non-PPR, too. 8.9 in non-PPR. Yeah. But not he's he certainly has not looked like a first-round running back. The first I need to get some of my mojo back, so I'm going to say I believed that in June. <laughs> there you go. Are uh, you guys uh, real quick? Do you care about a Patriots wide receiver? Aguilar, 100 yards. Myers, no. 95. No. No, it's it's going to be too flighty from week to week. There, I mean, look, Myers is fine in PPR. This Steelers defense might be bad without TJ Watt. Yeah, they they were last year, or two years ago, was it? Whenever it was, uh, but they they when he doesn't play, they are not good. That might be an overstatement, but they're not that good. Miami 42, Baltimore 38, the game of the week. Uh, this was unbelievable. It was really incredible. Heath, what do you got? Uh, I believe this is actually the only one, I think, from the article that you didn't steal yet. Believe nice. it or not, Tua can support Tua top 15 wide receivers. Starting to believe it. Games like this certainly help, but to be fair, the Ravens, had a beat up secondary. Uh, the guys who were playing weren't at hundred percent already. And it was week two and dolphins took advantage by just having their guys run past them. Tyreek did a lot of it. Waddle made a bunch of plays. And that's I mean, the thing. 35, it was right 35, there. 14 going into the fourth quarter. Amazing. Well, that's the, the thing. Dol- Dave. They let the dolphins come back like crazy. I think he phrased it. Uh, differently than I would have. It's not that Tua can support two top 15 wide receivers. It's that these two wide receivers are incredible, and they do things all on their own. They run by people. Do you see how high Jalen Waddle jumped that game-winning touchdown to get catch? That touchdown. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. They are amazing. And it's Waddle's touchdown in the season opening so, in the in week one. He just ran away from people. So they yeah. are just an incredible duo with amazing athletic ability. And it's an offense that has an impossible time running the football. They yeah. don't have a guy who could give them a consistent rushing presence to the tune of of even having them be like 55-45 pass run. They're going to be throwing a ton, and they should because these receivers are awesome. So yeah. you know what? I can believe that Tyreek and Jalen Wild can both finish top 15 with two at quarterback. All right. I hope you took advantage of that preseason injury for Jalen Waddle and got some value there. Over to the Ravens, believe it or not. Oh, we'll do two here. Believe it or not, if J.K. Dobbins returns next week, he is a must-start running back. Well, I'll be more encouraged to start him next week than I would have this week because he got another week of of practice. Okay. I just don't believe he's a must-start running back in his first game back, and they face the Patriots next week, right? Yeah, and then the Bills, and then the Bengals. 
Well, yeah, second game back, I'm starting right. against everybody. Yeah, I, what I, I just they like? desperately Ooh, the they desperately need him. Look at these Drake and Davis just. Ugh. Right, it is funny to think they scored 38 points and they really need to get J.K. Dobbins back. Well, you know what they need is if they, J.K. Dobbins could play corner. If they want a running game, they need J.K. Dobbins, I guess. Um, or I guess they could just let Lamar Jackson. Do I was it. say they ran for 150 yards. Today, <laughs> yeah. It was all Lamar Jackson. He had 119 of it. Uh, he had a 75-yard touchdown pass and a 79-yard touchdown run, and he lost in the same game. This game was bonkers. It was awesome. Rashad Bateman. It was great for fans. This was a bonanza. Right, what do you? Rashad Bateman's had a touchdown two straight games. He's obviously got some big playability. Do you trust him? Do you, do you hold, buy, sell, hold Rashad Bateman? I think you can buy into the performance on back-to-back weeks. I like it better this week with seven targets and four catches. And the big plays are, are nice. We didn't see any of this from him last year. Didn't really get the chance to. Yeah. Now he's acting kind of like a number one receiver on a team that's got Rashad a, Bateman or Marquise Brown rest of the year. I think it's Bateman. I guess it's Bateman. I mean, if it's 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 Brown until Hopkins comes back. It, I'm right. I'm kind of starting to wonder if Lamar Jackson is just a lot better than Kyler Murray. He might be. I, I, you know, I honestly, oh, I really I think Lamar Jackson is better now than he ever has been. I think they talk As a about passer. Yes, I would agree. He has more velocity. Yep. Um, I think he's going to making know. quicker decisions too. Jacksonville twenty four. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold zero. on. This the Bateman touchdown was not a seventy five yard bomb. No, right. It was a slant in that the Dolphins just could not catch him on. It was so an AJ Brown we type. Need, we don't need to give Lamar Jackson, you know, all the bouquets just yet because of that play. No, that was a Bateman play. That should make you more encouraged um, about using Bateman moving forward. I don't know. I think that's what the problem he hit him at the right time in stride an inaccurate pass doesn't score a touchdown 100 yep that's right i mean it's a throw he should have made but he made it of course All right, let's not linger on that good game for mark andrews too 104 yards and a touchdown big game for him jacksonville 24 colts nothing jacksonville had the ball for 38 minutes and 15 seconds completely dominated this game what do you got heath um, man, I, I don't want to believe anything in this game from the Indianapolis side, but I think you have to say, believe it or not, the Colts have made a mistake at quarterback for the third year in a row. <laughs> they went and got Phillip Rivers. He didn't have anything I, left. They I went don't... and got Carson Wentz. They couldn't make it work with him. They went and got Matt Ryan, and he looks every bit as bad or maybe worse than he did last year. Uh, I don't believe it. This was a game without his top wide receiver. Um, maybe his top rookie wide receiver. That's just me being nice and not calling Pierce his top receiver. The the team that they put out there had a lot of guys that might be street free agents on other rosters. Yeah, it was a, not and their a offensive line's a problem, especially a tackle. So let's talk more about the Jaguars then. Trevor Lawrence, twenty two fantasy points. Christian Kirk, baby. Six targets, caught them all, 78 yards, two touchdowns. We were worried about the matchup going up against Kenny Lawrence Moore. was great today, man. Only off on five, incomplete, five throws were incomplete. 25 of 30, terrific game for and him. It, yeah, it, just, it wasn't the Colts, only the Colts wide receivers that were hurt. Most of their defense was too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, but I, I don't know. I like what I'm seeing from the Jaguars offensively. They're fun. They're they're ex- a little bit explosive. Um, next week will be uh, a challenge at the Chargers. 
Uh, but yeah, it's a good game for for Lawrence. Seventy. He was only started in fourteen percent of leagues, and he finished with twenty two fantasy points. But what um, a good Christian, game for Evan Ingram. Yeah, it was. But I think yeah, I'd well, like to talk about Christian Kirk real quick here, guys, because uh, that's now two huge games, and uh, just should just hold on to him or look to shop him or what? Oh, hold on. Hold Christian on. Kirk or DJ Moore, rest of the season. <laughs> oh boy, that's a deal. I think you could make like that. I don't think I'd I do think it. I'd go with Kirk. I think I like I think I like the quarterback. I, I would make the trade. I'm I just don't need to I did, I'm not looking to acquire any more DJ Moore. I've got it enough. You yeah. have all the My DJ portfolio Moore. is okay. Not quite balanced. All right, Jets 31, Cleveland 30, Heath. Yeah. Um so we talked about Garrett Wilson um running backs. Yeah, well, I don't which which pair. Either one? Um Believe it or not, rank these four running backs rest of the season. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Dave. Rank them. Well, Chubb is first. Yep, I agree with that. Believe it. I, I now, now I'm. <laughs> I think now Hunt I'm out. is. I think Hunt is second. And so now we're getting to the Jets. I like that Brees Hall played four of the six snaps inside the ten for the Jets. He was wide open for the touchdown. I don't know if he necessarily gets a ton of credit for that. And he led them in rushing. So Hall's third, Carter's last. Okay. Works Hall would be second if Carter went away. It, there, there wouldn't be any question about how we'd rank these guys if Carter went away. And I, you know, look, I know Kareem Hunt didn't have a great game, but you, can, you know, you just can't get too disappointed with a game like this from a running back that he took in the seventh round. He still had 15 touches. They were supposed they were double digit favorites at home. They ended up losing, but he still had 15 touches. So I mean, I still think that's fine. He's got a role carved out for him. He's going to have 12 to 15 touches most week, I th- I think, and hopefully he scores and hopefully gets some cash. Well, I think that's the thing. Like he had 70 yards in week one, and he had 74 yards in week two. Right. That's um. fine. That's, I'll take that. That's great. Right. Yeah. Because that's, you know, you took Zeke but, four rounds earlier. <laughs> and it's you love 70 yards from Zeke. Right? Yeah, or that's what you're getting, basically. So, uh, all right. Uh, Tampa Bay 20, New Orleans 10. Yuck. Believe it or not, we should actually be worried about Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I don't believe it. This is his toughest rival in the division. They've always given him fits. He played without Godwin. He played without Julio. Played without his starting left tackle. They're going to be doing those things next week too, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. But and they I, I don't think week. I don't. Th- this isn't this isn't something that I'm going to look at and say this is the end of the line for Brady. You should cut him. You want to start Carson Wentz or Brady against the Packers defense without Godwin? I'm probably going to Wentz for the second week in a row. Okay. I started Wentz over Brady this week in, in a league. I did too. Yeah, and I ranked him that way too. Right, and I just didn't expect much from Tom Brady this week. The Saints have his number, and they were depleted. I really think Chris Godwin is is the key here. They really need to get him back out there, and if they can just get Godwin and Evans on the field, anything they'd get from Julio would be a would be a bonus. Matt, we talked about Brady as a buy low last week, and then we said wait another week. So if you believe in Brady, then wait another week. But I will say that Leonard Fournette has forty five carries in two games. Two games with more than 20 carries. That's how many he had. Well, he had one game with more than 20 carries last year. He had exactly 20 in another game. 
So it could be a little bit of a shift in philosophy with a new head coach and fewer passes for Tom Brady. It could be. Um, bonus, believe it or not, you guys are not going to shame me into ranking Taysom Hill in my top 24 tight ends again. <laughs> uh, he's probably going to finish top 24 with 1.4 fantasy points this week. Uh, anyway, um, what do you think about Jarvis Landry? Jump ship or give him another week? Four catches, 25 yards. I'd give him another week. Yeah. But not if it means having Garrett Wilson or Curtis Samuel or, you know, somebody like that. The hot waiver guys, you could drop Landry for. But if you're just coasting and you like your team, Landry's great for the bench. This was a bad Jameis game. It was a really yeah, bad Yeah, really bad. Uh, it looked like Michael Thomas was getting shadowed by Carlton Davis, and he ended up with six catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. So, Yahoo yeah. for Michael Thomas. Another fourth quarter to save everybody that started Michael Thomas. Hooray for school. Hooray for Michael Thomas. Detroit 36, Washington 27. Uh, Carson Wentz with the big game. We talked about him earlier in the show. We did not talk about Antonio Gibson, though. Um, and McKissick this year, this week, it was McKissick with all the catches. But anyway, Heath, uh, what do you think about this game? Believe it or not. I was not going to talk about Washington anymore. I was. I could not decide between, believe it or not, Amon Ross St. Brown is a top 12 wide receiver. And believe it or not, Jamal Williams is a poor man's Kareem Hunt. Oh, how about, believe it or not, Terry McLaurin isn't even the second best receiver on Washington for fantasy. Mm. I can't believe cool. that. I can't believe I can't that. Okay, believe so I answer the first two. St. <laughs> Brown, top 12. Can I just can I just say one thing about St. Brown in this game? So last week he had eight for 64 and a touchdown on 12 targets in a comeback effort against Philadelphia. I said it on the show several times. The Washington, the commanders last year were terrible against slot receivers. And in week one, they gave up 112 yards to Christian Kirk. So I kind of thought St. Brown would go off in this game. I don't know if that means anything to you, but this might be the best matchup for any slot receiver. Could um, be. Uh, so just just throwing that out. I, I don't know that I'm going to have him top 12, but certainly top 18. He's top 12 until he starts to stink. I don't He's think Minnesota is going to be very good against slot wide receivers either. I, I I targeted a slot receiver against them in week and one. And I'm pretty sure Seattle's going to be bad against slot wide receivers. Yeah, just Washington I, is especially bad. Um, it doesn't well, matter. Because point. I think Brown he will be top 12 good. at the end of week four. Yeah, probably. He's got, yeah. yeah. He's awesome. <sighs> we, we, cannot, we cannot quantify him as a bad fantasy receiver. No. Oh, God, no. It cannot be done. Uh, by the way, DeAndre Swift was obviously limited today. He only had seven touches, and he still had 87 total yards and a touchdown. Well, he played 51% of the snaps. Okay. So right. I don't think that's too far off of where he was last week. He fell down <sighs> on his touchdown reception. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It was like the, is it the Oklahoma drill? Or the one where you have to lay down with the two guys, and then you have to jump up and try to beat the guy? Yeah, that's the Oklahoma drill, right? That's what, yeah. uh, that's what A.J. Dillon did to the mascot? Or are you talking about something else? I'm not sure if the Oklahoma drill is the one you laid down on. Well, either way, we are we witnessing, are we witnessing stardom? We were super good. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm sorry. Let, let, we know John Joseph's freaking awesome. Rams 31, Falcons 27. Um, Believe it or not, you should go see what you can get for Allen Robinson. Yeah, believe that. 
who's excited about him? He did. He should have had. He almost had two touchdowns. It was. A he should have had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Medical. It was really timeout. weird what happened. Did you see what happened? The medical time. Why he didn't get the second? Yeah, yeah the they medical stopped. timeout. Which yeah. they should. Yeah, of course. Yes, I agree. But it was just strange because you never see them interrupt a play like that. Much would you less rather, interrupting a touchdown. Would you rather have Allen Robinson or DJ Moore? More. More. Allen Robinson or Rashad Bateman? Bateman. Bateman. Robinson or Drake London? London. London. Okay. What else from this game? Um, you know what this was? This was a good enough game to give him another Jobu game next week against Arizona. How yes. many How many weeks are we away from a Jobu game for Kyle Pitts? We're we're getting close. Be, uh, no, because he's a tight end, you're just never going to find somebody on waivers that you're going to start and maybe in a 10 team league. But right, I mean, he's just got such a he's got a if high Logan, floor because he's a tight end. If Logan Thomas was out there, you, you wouldn't stash him. You wouldn't carry a second tight end. I think I'd be fine with that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and then you've just got to drum up the guts to sit Kyle Pitts. But oh, that's going to get easier to do if he keeps doing what he's been doing. See, what happened in this game was exactly what I was worried about with Cordaro Patterson. He got 22 carries last week because Damian Williams got hurt in the first quarter. So he and Tyler Algier both had exactly 10 carries. And Patterson was a complete dud. Four points. 4.1 fantasy points. Uh, real quick, Heath, your thoughts going forward on Patterson. I'm scared I missed my sell-high window, but I think that he's going to give me another chance next week against Seattle. Mm-hmm. San Francisco 27. And, maybe well too. and Seattle 17. That wasn't the score, was it? 27-7. Seven. seven. There you go. Seattle's touchdown was a special return six. of a blocked field goal. Yeah. Um... Well, we should do this for old time's sake, shouldn't we? Yeah. Believe it or not, Tyler Lockett's the best wide receiver on the Seahawks. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. DK Metcalf had about a 50-yard catch called back on a stupid penalty. He would have had an Mm -hmm. 85 to 90-yard game. Would have been almost as good as Tyler Almost. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm not going to believe it, but boy, this offense is horrible. It's really, really bad. Um, I'm glad they got their moment against Russ, though. Like that, that makes me happy for them. Um, <laughs> that was their Super Bowl. Yeah, and they could afford it because the Giants won two games already. So they, they could still, they're still in play for the number one pick. Um, <laughs> I, I do think that that Lockett could be a, a wide receiver three or a flex still. Uh, another development in this game: Rashad Penny had six carries, and Ken Walker had four carries and and two catches. So. Yikes. Uh, do you trust anyone? They're, they've got the Falcons next week, and then they've got Detroit. Do you trust any Seahawks the next two weeks? DK and trust. No, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DK and Lockett. Uh, I, don't, I don't like how the running back shook out in this one at all. Travis Homer played the most snaps. Well, they were down big, but yeah, they're going to be. That's probably why, but they're going to be down big a lot. Yeah, no good. Uh, final thoughts on the San Francisco offense with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's um, going to look like it did last year. That's good. Jeff Wilson is going to be a borderline number two running back. Um, I think you'll see Debo Samuel will be a borderline number one wide receiver who gets five to eight carries per game. 
and you will see Brandon Ayuk as a boom-bust number three wide receiver, and George Kittle is a top six tight end as soon as he's healthy. Um, everybody is what we thought they were, to quote the great <laughs> late Denigri. Would you rather have George Kittle or Kyle Pitts? Kittle. I don't know if I'd rather have Kittle. Um, let me clarify, because I don't know if Kittle was actually as close to playing this week as they acted like he was. Assuming that George Kittle is 100% healthy, whenever that happens, I would rather have Kittle than Pitts. I would too. What I'm worried about is that Kittle won't stay healthy. Okay, three. But maybe, but maybe that falls into the category of I'd rather have a tight end who I, I know when he's healthy, I'll start him. When he's not healthy, I'll start somebody else than a tight end who underwhelms more often than not. Oh, uh, three games in five minutes. Ready? Raiders, Cardinals. Cardinals 29, Raiders 23. Why can't we do 12 games in 20 minutes? That would be better. Uh, believe it or not. Ugh. I, I've got... Oh, none of the Cardinals are must-start options against the Rams in Week 3. I think I can buy that. No with way. the exception of, Kyler. of Ertz. Who? Kyler. We're starting Kyler? Yeah, we're starting Kyler. He's, he's got 27 and 24 and a half points in two games. Of course we're starting he'll Kyler. Be cl- he'll be closer to 10th. Well, he's, he's played two not very good defenses. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but he's Kyler Murray. You don't sit Kyler Murray. Yeah, that worked out great. He's Tom Brady. Let's start. No, no. I, we all said to sit Tom Brady if you if you had Carson Wentz. Uh, that would be the one, right? Carson Wentz or, or Kyler Murray next week? Wentz against the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not prepared to take a stand on that at this point. But <laughs> I think it's debatable. Okay. Uh, Zach Ertz is going to be tough to sit, though. And I, I would say he probably had two more targets inside the 10-yard line. He's very you know, he's very involved down there. Um, Josh Jacobs, man. You know, Did I sum it up pretty much earlier where I said he's kind of like yeah. Zeke? Yep. Yep. I'm just happy I got the over on the 60 and a half rushing yards. Yeah. Nice. And Devontae, you know what? It's freaking weird. I don't know how they do it, but they did it all last year. The Cardinals take away the number one option. Devontae Adams had what will be his worst game of the year. 12 catches and 12 yards and a touchdown. Very weird. All right. Dallas 20, Cincinnati 17. Believe it or not, Tony Pollard will score more fantasy points rest of season than Ezekiel Elliott. I am not quite there, but I'm closer than I've ever been. No, I I don't see why we would think that if they're both healthy. That's a bet on health. Well, you know what Twitter did, right? No. When I said this. Oh, oh, They voted for Pollard. It was like 70% Pollard, yes. Um, Believe it. So I'll be writing about that tomorrow. I agree with you guys. One more. Believe it or not, Joe Burrow, who just a mere six months ago was the greatest young quarterback in the NFL has lost to Mitchell Trubisky and Cooper rush to start the season. Uh, (laughs) Yes. I believe that that has happened. Uh, I think the offensive line that we were so excited about Cincinnati might Um, somehow be worse than last year's. I would expect it to get better. And I've read, I I think it's Matt Petonia has talked a lot about this, and I, I should have said something this offseason. It's not always true. But continuity matters, all, not as much as talent, but close to as much as talent. 
Yeah. Um, and they have none. And yeah. I would anticipate that continuity will help them get better as, as the season goes on. They've also gone against some great pass rushers the first two weeks, TJ Watt and, and Highsmith. And then, you, of course, you got the guys for the Cowboys today. And Burrow is currently shook. Well, they're out of sync for sure. And Joe Mixon's got to be averaging like two and a half yards per carry so far. It's just, it's, I love the work, but love, would love to see him do some more with it. Uh, all right, next up, Denver. Oh, by the way, if you started CeeDee Lamb, nice work. 14 and a half PPR points, pretty good. Uh, we'll 78% started. Uh, Denver 16, Houston 9. Um, yeah, I was going to say, believe it or not, Russ is washed. 14 of 31 passing. I'm not there yet. Right about seven yards per attempt. They're they're so bad in the red zone right now. And I don't I think I don't like yeah. to be the coach killer, but the play calls are weird. They're just really it's weird. Bad. Yeah. It's bad. Did bad. you see the play they ran on third and short where they pitched it to Andrew Beck yeah. and ran the <laughs> option with Beck and Javante <laughs> yeah. Williams? Just run just give the damn ball to Javante Williams for God's sake. Come on. I, they, they've got to get the play. If they the, do that and they start more. feeding their run game, does that tick Russ off? Because that's what happened in Seattle. Um, maybe that's why they were feeding the run game in Seattle. Adam. Yes. I have a trivia question for you. Okay. Because the show's almost over. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil anything. I just want to see how close you can get to the right answer. There's 347 left in the first half. Where does Alan Lazard currently rank on the Packers in receiving yards? So I know the answer because if you're asking it, that means he's not right. doing well because you're gloating right now. Just get, just guess. Fifth. Very close. Okay. All right. He's a second half guy. We have known that for years. Uh, that's it for, uh, oh, we've not talked about Damian Pierce really at all. He looked good for like his first 11 or 12 carries. And then he started to slow down a little bit. This is great. Like 15 carries compared to zero for Burkhead. That's great. Next week at the Bears, is he a must-start guy? He'll be close to it. He played 63% of the snaps, but Burkhead was still dominating on third and fourth down. He's he's Josh Jacobs on a worse offense. Mm. Mm. All right. All right, we're out of here, everybody. Thank you for hanging around for the marathon. For Heath and Dave, I'm Adam. I'm hungry. Dave, I ate four slices of pizza for lunch. It was glorious. And somehow I I felt like five would have been gluttonous and embarrassing. So I'll eat the fifth one later. See you later, everybody. Talk to you on Monday with Beyond or Behind the Box Score, whatever the hell we're calling it. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 